Hello and welcome to episode number 119 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I'm your host, Darren O'Neill. And on today's show, we've got a lot to talk about. When we last left you was literally moments before the Capitol riots began last Wednesday. So we have to talk about that just a little bit and the fallout because of that. We need to talk a little bit about the next impeachment that's going on now, freedom of speech, and how even more sports are going woke. But that really shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. The Capitol riots, of course, have set off a whole bunch of conspiracy theories and the impeachment, again, of Donald Trump, even though he has only a week left in office. There's no question about it. The Democrats at this point want to punish Donald Trump, everybody around Donald Trump, and make sure none of them, as Forbes published an article, none of them ever work again or get to partake in polite society, which is a really big problem if you believe in the freedom of speech and not living under a complete communist or socialist uh, regime because that is where we are going and we'll get to that with AOC I mean I know it's a really big surprise that AOC may be at the helm of something that's calling for more and more attacks on your freedom but I digress the riot that happened at the Capitol and it was a riot if you watched any of the video that was taken inside the Capitol. There was a lot of violence going on. There were fights with the police. There were people slamming their way through doorways. And unfortunately, it cost one woman her life. But I know this will be something that will anger a lot of people out there. But I believe she knew what she was doing, she knew where she was. And this is a case of the authorities, the law enforcement authorities, who most of the people on the right have been backing now through a summer of insane riots where the politicians have never had their back, to be fair. But I think most of us understand that a vast majority of the men and women who wear the uniform, you know, whether it's police or military, are doing a really hard job for the people of this country that don't always appreciate it. And I have watched the video. It's disturbing of the woman, Ashley Babbitt, who was shot by somebody involved in the protection of those at the Capitol. And there's questions about who that is. And I don't know, it could have been a Capitol Police officer. I've heard that. I've heard, you know, it could be Secret Service, could have been one of Pence's aides. I heard it was an off-duty or plain-closed Capitol Hill policeman. It doesn't really matter. What we had in that situation, which if you're not familiar with the Capitol, and I was not 100%, so I looked up the area where this happened. And the rioters got into the Capitol building 
And this was at the doorway of an even more inner sanctum, which is a place they call the Speaker's Lobby, which is literally right outside the chambers where the House of Representatives meet. And when this happened, when these violent protesters were slamming their way through these doors, and it took a lot of force. So these doors were quite heavily reinforced. I was a little bit impressed with that. But it was a very weird scene because there were a few agitators at the front that were talking to the police officers that were originally there. And I think we need some answers on exactly why the three police officers that were standing in front of these two doors left just moments before the shooting of Ashley Babbitt. You heard the people at the front who were the agitators in this telling the police officers, hey, we don't want you to get hurt. There's a lot of people coming in. We're going to get through. We don't want you to get hurt. So you should just get out of the way. And these police officers did get out of the way. And this happened just moments before the police in riot gear were coming up the steps. So this was just a very weird timing when everything really shakes out and you watch the video, especially when you watch the videos closely and see that one of the main agitators at the front of this ends up he's wearing a big winter type hat you know the big furry kind of hat and he's yelling at the police officers and then when they're getting out of the way well the furry hat comes off and he puts he pulls out another military style helmet they were using that to break through the door there was another guy involved in this who was a black guy that has since been recognized as a member of BLM or Antifa. And he said, well, you know, I was just there to video this whole thing. But no, that really isn't the case because it was pretty clear that he was a part of the instigation of what was going on here. But they ended up breaking through the glass part of the door which led into the speaker's lobby. Now, at this point, while they're breaking the glass, people are yelling gun because it's clear that there is a security officer on the other side with a gun pointing it at the doors. Quite honestly, anybody watching this should have been able to understand that this is somebody waiting for you to get through that door. And if you get through that door, you are going to get shot. Now, I know a lot of people don't like the fact that this woman got shot and they'll yell things like, well, she was unarmed. Well, the guy on the other side doesn't know that. I mean, how would they know that? This is the front of a violent mob trying to break into the chambers where the House of Representatives was meeting. This was not your average protest. And it seemed pretty clear to me watching this and with somebody yelling gun that the minute somebody was going to try to go through those doors, they were going to get shot. And that's what ended up happening to Ashley Babbitt. And unfortunately for her and her family, she's dead. 
but this was a violent attack. And this is what happens. If you're going to be a part of a violent attack, you're going to have to assume you're going to get a violent reaction. The way I look at this is what would I do if there was a violent mob outside of my door? And what would you do if there was a violent mob outside of your door? You had your gun. You were sitting there waiting. And somebody finally breaks through the door and comes into your house, most likely meaning to do you and your family harm. What are you going to do? For me, the answer is quite simple. I mean, for you, it may be different. But for me, if there's an angry mob and they break into a secure location where I am and appear that they're ready to do harm to me or my family, I'm going to shoot. There's no question about it. And you can use all the hollow rhetoric you want saying this is the people's house, but that is not the case. And everybody knows it. This woman knew that. She was a 14 year military veteran, so she knew what she was doing. Did she know she was going to get killed? No, probably not. But she had to know that was a possibility. You put yourself into a dangerous situation. And you have to take some responsibility for that. Now, I don't know what the standard operating procedure is for the security at the Capitol or the Secret Service when protecting the president or vice president or the speaker of the house, whatever it is. If there's a violent mob that is coming down upon their location, smashing violently through doors, you probably shoot first and ask questions later. And I cannot fault them for that. If you do, I get it. I understand it. I just disagree with you on this particular point. I do understand the sentiment. There's a lot of people, and I know I've said this before, that are on the right side of the political aisle that have watched the rioting and looting going on for most of 2020 by the Antifa and Black Lives Matter groups. And they said, well, nothing's being done about this. Why can't I do the same thing? And the answer to that is, Attacking a federal building is a little bit different. And for all those people that entered into the Capitol, if you've been watching what's been going on, the FBI has already put out pretty much photos of everybody that they have inside of the Capitol and they are looking for them. If you went into the Capitol, there's a really good chance somebody's going to be knocking on your door shortly and you will end up paying a price for that. We have to have law and order in this country for it to work. I understand people are upset about a variety of things, but there still is a rule of law. And once the rule of law goes down, then you've got real problems. And that's what we're seeing in the aftermath of the Capitol riots. Donald Trump, of course, being blamed for this because orange man bad, even though his words are out there. He had a speech in Washington just moments before all of this stuff started. And he was very clear talking about nonviolence, peaceful protest, let your voices be heard. Never once did he call 
for violence. Never once did he call for the Capitol to be attacked. But like I said, the Democrats want to destroy him. So he is now being blamed for inciting this riot. Another impeachment is on the way because, again, even though Trump is gone in a week, this isn't about him being gone. This is about him being damaged even further moving forward. And heaven forbid for the Democrats, this is about making sure that Donald Trump can never run for office again because they're afraid of him and the 74 million people that did, in fact, vote for Donald Trump today. YouTube has suspended Donald Trump's channel because, uh, quote, in light of concerns about the ongoing potential for violence, they have uh, suspended his channel and all comments have been disabled indefinitely. So, yeah, YouTube, in light of concerns about the ongoing potential for violence. Well, YouTube, you know where there's an ongoing potential for violence? Everywhere. Everywhere. Based on any video that's ever posted to your site, there is the potential that it will cause somebody to be violent. In the case of Donald Trump, he did not in any way, shape, or form incite violence, except for the fact that he was vehement about his belief that there was improprieties, that there was fraud in the 2020 election. Now, I know that there's a lot of people who believe that even questioning an election should have you just delete it from every social media platform ever. So I'd like to uh, point out a tweet from Nancy Pelosi, House Speaker, from May 16th, 2017, where she said, quote, our election was hijacked. There is no question. Congress has a duty to hashtag protect our democracy and hashtag follow the facts. Let me repeat that for you, just in case you missed it. Nancy Pelosi tweeted on May 16th, 2017. Our election was hijacked. There is no question. Congress has a duty to protect the democracy and follow the facts. Well, that sounds like something that should have Nancy Pelosi thrown off of just about every social media platform. And that's happening, right? No, not so much. Because Twitter really isn't about keeping people honest. It's not about a fair and level playing field. It is about silencing one side. I mean, you want to know how hypocritical Twitter is? There's elections going on in Uganda. And this tweet comes from just about 24 hours ago from Twitter's public policy account on Twitter that says, quote, ahead of the Uganda election, we're hearing reports that Internet service providers are being ordered to block social media and messaging apps. We strongly condemn Internet shutdowns. They are hugely harmful, violate basic human rights and the principles of the hashtag open Internet. Oh, my God, Twitter. Do you not even see yourself right now? For everything you are doing here in the United States to silence everybody with a conservative viewpoint, 
you have the gall to go out and talk about an open internet and allowing people to have their voices heard. You people at Twitter are nuts. You're hypocritical jerks. And I think we all know that by now. But it's always fun to see it being proven over and over again. And it goes well beyond Twitter as myself and my co-host Ryan Bemrose over at the other podcast they do Grumpy Old Ben's GrumpyOldBen's.com talked about yesterday the social media company Parler, which is a Twitter competitor, was shut down by Amazon Web Services for you know helping in the promotion of evil ideas and violence and setting up this violent riot that happened at the Capitol building. Well, that's the excuse that they used anyway. The reality is it seems to be most of the times lately, the reality is very different from that claim. Glenn Greenwald, a reporter that is pretty well respected for the actual journalism he does, unlike most journalists that, well, most people that call themselves journalists today. Glenn Greenwald took a look at this, and I, he was on with Tucker Carlson talking about this, that the concept that Parler was the social media that was used to plan these riots and to instigate these riots, and obviously that's why they must be booted from the Amazon hosting because they're just so bad. Well. He said the first, I believe it was 15, that number might be a little off one way or the other, but it was about the first 15 people now that have been arrested due to the Capitol riot. You know how many of those people were regular parlor users? Zero. Yeah, zero. Not even one or two, zero. It turns out that the social media that was mainly used to communicate, instigate, get this riot going. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. <laughs> you know what's still online with no problem whatsoever? Yeah, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. The audience that listens to this show, I don't think we even need to go into the fact of how social media works and that we all, I believe, understand that there is plenty of vile and violent and hateful things that go on on every social media platform. I don't think that even needs to be gone into. But some people need to hear that lesson because they think, you know, Parler and Gab are bad, but you know, Twitter and YouTube and Facebook are so good. No, that's not the case. It's never been the case. And I don't think there's any question that Parler is just being singled out because they are free speech and they will not silence conservative voices, unlike Twitter, Facebook, and obviously Amazon is also willing to silence the conservative viewpoints. And I think this is going to end up biting them all in the long run. I mean, I know stock prices go up and down, but in the aftermath of all of this, uh, Twitter seems to be trending down, but we'll have to see where all of that goes. now. If anybody is to blame in this, and we know we want to say Trump incited it, and Parler was what was used to start all of this stuff up, 
the reality is Donald Trump has been for most of his presidency mainly a Twitter user, which is probably a very stupid thing. And it was pointed out during his presidency that this was maybe not the place you wanted to be. And social media is always driven by the main users, by the celebrity, meaning, you know, there may not be a Twitter if Ashton Kushner wasn't into it. I think way back, he was the big one. Well, Donald Trump could have taken a pretty large audience over to any other social media site, which was not as toxic as Twitter, but he chose not to do so. But I digress. Donald Trump, when the riots were going on, went to Twitter to post his message that said, do not be violent, respect law enforcement, go home. Now, he also added in that I understand you're upset because this election has been taken from us. But his message was clear. No violence. Respect law enforcement. Respect the law of the land and go home. Do you know what Twitter did to that video? They deleted it. So if you're going to blame anybody, if you believe even one, of the deaths, and I believe there were five of them as a result of the Capitol riot. If it's possible that Donald Trump's call for peace and for people to go home could have saved one of those people, well, then shouldn't Twitter be responsible for that? They'll never be held responsible. And of course, Twitter, to Donald Trump's message of respect the law of the land, respect the police, respect law enforcement, go home, do not be violent was removed because they said it could incite violence. So this is upside down world 101, where the president of the United States specifically says, do not be violent, respect the law. And the reaction from a company like Twitter is, well, this is obviously going to incite riots and cause people to be violent. It makes zero sense. If you want to look at it logically, but that is not how Twitter looks at it. They're complete partisan political hacks, and I don't think there's any question about that at this point. Now, for just a minor detour until we get to what AOC Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is calling for, I want to talk about the NHL firing Mike Milbury for a comment that he made during the playoffs last year because it was a horrible, sexist comment. It couldn't be allowed to stand. His job had to be taken from him because of the hateful rhetoric that spewed out of his mouth. So I know you're asking yourself, what did he say? Well, his partner that he was doing the playoff game with said, quote, if you think about it, and this was referencing them all being in the bubble, because of COVID. He said, if you think about it, it's a terrific environment with regard to if you enjoy playing and enjoy being with your teammates for long periods of time, it's a perfect place. To which Mike Milbury replied, not even any women here to disrupt your concentration. Yes, not even any women here to disrupt your concentration. 
That was the hateful, sexist, allegedly thing that Mike Milbury said that lost him his job because he pointed out that hockey players, athletes, men might be interested in women and the distraction that they would provide. I don't know how this is sexist against women. I don't understand that. But right after, the NHL released a statement saying, you know, the usual boilerplate, oh, the comments made out that they don't represent our values and all this other rigmarole. I'm just very disappointed in the NHL because this is pure insanity. I mean, I know it's really bad to point out that there are different genders and they may intermingle and fornicate, but come on, NHL. This is a little bit too far. When a commentator just points out that being in the bubble, not around anybody else, just with your teammates, that maybe you could focus on the game at hand, on what you're doing. But no, that's a horrible, violent, hateful thing now, which is what I've been telling you all along during this run of Random Thoughts podcasts. They're coming for your freedom of speech. And if this doesn't show you the epitome of it's not like, oh, you just have to be worried. You know, don't say the N word or don't say the R word or don't swear or don't do it. No. Making a logical, simple statement like hockey players may be able to focus a little bit better if there are no women around, that will lose you your job. And I get Mr. Milbury probably had to do this to try to keep his job, but right afterwards, he made a statement, quote, it was not my intention to disrespect anyone. I was trying to be irreverent and took it a step too far. It was a regrettable mistake that I take seriously. What mistake, Mr. Milbury? I mean, again, I get it. You were losing your job. You probably had to make this statement. They may have written it for you and put it in front of your face and said, do this. But the statement that you made was not disrespectful. It was not sexist. It was a logical statement that anybody should understand in the context that it was given. But this is the world we're living in. Freedom of speech is something to stand up for. I warned about this when the bullying stuff started and it's getting worse and getting worse and getting worse. Because now simple statements are on the chopping block as well, as we see with what happened here in the NHL. But this is what brings us to what Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez really wants here in the United States. I'll just give you her quote, and we can take it from there. Quote, I can say there is absolutely a commission being discussed, but it seems to be more investigatory in style rather than truth and reconciliation. So I think that's an interesting concept for us to explore. And I do think that several members of Congress in some of my discussions have brought up media literacy because that is a part of what happened here. And we're going to have to figure out how we rein in our media environment so that you can't just spew disinformation and misinformation. Yeah, this is AOC, 
Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We have to look it away so people can't just spew disinformation and misinformation. Well, who gets to decide what is information and what is misinformation? Saying anything on social media is going to get you canceled, but they're also talking about going after the larger news organizations like Fox, who, you know, they're really not all that different than CNN. So I don't know where this all comes down to with AOC's plan, unless she wants nothing but state run news channels. And that kind of sounds like communism and socialism and what happens in countries where the people have zero freedom to have an opinion that might be different than what the great political state says they can believe. And she took this whole capital riot thing a little step further. But again, this maybe starts understanding the mentality of the people involved in this, where she said that many, many members of the House were nearly assassinated during these capital riots. Now, I don't know how you could say many, many members of the House were nearly assassinated when nobody was. And as far as I can tell, there was nobody shot from the standpoint of rioters to the people at the Capitol building. But that's the mentality here. And it's going to be used to continue to take away your freedom and my freedom. You know they're coming after the guns. There's no question about it. But AOC says, quote, we were very lucky that things happened in certain minutes that allowed members to escape the House floor. But many of us nearly and narrowly escaped death. Do I think that's true? I don't. But as it was going on, if I was a member of the House of Representatives or a senator, and I was in one of those chambers while you heard the violent mobs breaking through doors and calling for blood, well, you know, I might have a little bit of a different feeling. So while I really hate to even partially side with AOC on anything, this I can understand. And this is why violence is never the answer until you're willing to do anything and accept any consequences. And I don't think we're anywhere near that point in the United States right now. But this is all now at the feet of Joe Biden. I mean, everybody has talked about how many bad things Trump has done wrong over his presidency. Joe Biden is inheriting a mess. He is inheriting a country that has never been quite as violently split as it is right now. The stats were something like 70% of Trump supporters thought the election was fraudulent. That is a lot of people, 70% of 74 million. And the latest polls coming out of Rasmussen, as far as presidential job approval ratings, they do this all the time through a president's term. It's nonstop. It's daily, it's weekly, whatever it is. It's nonstop. The latest poll about Donald Trump's performance. Do you approve or disapprove? The latest numbers 
49% approve, 51% disapprove. If that doesn't show you the state of this nation as we sit, Mr. Biden, soon to be Mr. President, I don't know what will. You are now responsible for bringing the country together. I don't know how you do it, but you signed up for the job. You're responsible for bringing the country together or letting it fall apart because I don't think we've ever been as much on a precipice as we are right now. And I do believe it can be reined in if Joe Biden will stand up and really call for unity, really make a step towards making sure we have honest and fair elections. But it's going to take some work, Mr. Biden. I hope you're up to that task. I really, really do. I'm not one of these people that are going to come out and say, I hope Joe Biden fails over the next four years. Because that will not be good for the country. But if Joe Biden is going to go along with the radical part of his party and continue going after Donald Trump, continuing going after anybody that worked for Donald Trump or anybody that tweeted something in support of Donald Trump, he's going to have much bigger problems than I think he realizes. If the Democrats don't reach across the aisle, if they pretend they have a mandate and they're going to squash everybody that disagrees with them, then unfortunately, I believe real violent protests are going to start. And I don't think any right-minded person wants that. But we'll see how it goes. Mr. Biden, again, this one's on you. But I want to thank all of you for listening to this episode and all the episodes of the Random Thoughts podcast. We do work on the value for value model, which means we put these podcasts out there. And if you got any value out of them, it's your job to take part in the system and go over to our website, randomthoughts.com and click the donate button and do a one-time or a monthly donation or check out the QR code if you want to do a Bitcoin thing or the snail mail address if you want to go that route, which is great. The snail mail thing works really well. And if you have a bank that does online bill pay, you can just add us right into that and tell them to send us a check once. You can have them set up a monthly check or anything like that. And a few people are doing it, including our buddy Midas, who's coming in with a donation today, where he sends one in for both of my podcasts, Grumpy Old Ben's and Random Thoughts. One check just puts on the comment line how much for each one, and it just works. But coming in, is our number one donor today, and it's much appreciated, Sir Quiston, who sent us a note in for this one and a Grumpy Old Ben's donation as well, just saying he'd missed a few shows with the family being around over Christmas and New Year's and trying to find out how he was going to get back to Germany after they stopped all flights. Thankfully, all of that should be sorted, so I will now return to my regular listening schedule. Thank you, Sir Quiston, for supporting both Grumpy Old Ben's and the Random Thoughts podcast. Coming in next with 10 bucks, one of our monthly donors, and we greatly appreciate it, Keith Von Dyke. Never sent in any note, anything like that, but we do want you to know we appreciate your support, Keith. Our buddy Larry from thatlarryshow.com was on Grumpy Old Ben's with us, and we were doing the donation segment over there. 
And he heard Keith's name and he's like, oh, yeah, Keith is one of his guys, too. So, Keith, you are doing the Lord's work and we all thank you for supporting the podcast that you listen to. This is something that is even more vital now than ever before, as so many people are being deplatformed and their hosting taken away and all of that. I have to assume at some point they're coming for me. I have a pretty good host that's a local host, and I think that's pretty safe, but you never know. So it's nice to know that there are people supporting the show, including the next guy on the list, our buddy truck driver who came in with five bucks for this show, for Grumpy Old Ben's, and for the rock and roll pre-show that we do before the No Agenda shows on Thursday and Sunday every week, and we greatly appreciate that truck driver. He just joined me over on Tox, too. We talked about Tox in a previous episode of Random Thoughts. It is an instant messenger, totally decentralized, no mothership. Nobody can intercept the communications going back and forth, and I will put a link to Tox and how to reach out to me on Tox in the show notes if you want to do that. Truck drivers on there as well as Cold Acid and a few of our other buddies from the No Agenda tribe. So check that out if you're interested in that. And then our buddy Midas, who comes in with three bucks snail mail through the post office. Oh, it just works oh so well. And again, a split donation between Grumpy Old Ben's and Random Thoughts. But see, Midas, you're doing it the wrong way. The bigger number should always be for Random Thoughts. And the smaller number should be for Grumpy Old Ben's. Just saying, this is a much better show, no doubt about it. But we thank you for your support, and you should check out Midas' show too. It is a great show he does with his daughter, Leela, funfactfriday.com. Check that out. But I want to thank everybody for supporting the show, for listening to the show, for reaching out with all sorts of different comments via email, which you can do at Darren, D-A-R-R-E-N, at randomthoughts.com. And we are still on Twitter, but the best place you want to be is the No Agenda Social site right now, which is basically like Twitter, but way more sane. And you can go to our website and get an invite for that as well. Hopefully, next week, we can talk about something a little bit better and more uplifting than politics. And I'm hoping to do that a lot more in 2021 overall. But we'll see what happens this next week. I hope you have a good week. And until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 